That is right, everybody. Another sermon with Chapman Chamel. That's my last name, by the way. I'm sure most of you don't know what the hell a Chamel is. I am a Chamel, um, the host of the Quack 12 podcast, and on Sundays, the Chapman of the uh, Quack 12 podcast. Is this okay? That's enough. That's enough. Is this a religious podcast? That's a good question. I would say no. No, absolutely not. Until, until y'all start donating money, tax-free money, then it very well could be. Think it over. Do you want this to be a religion? Do I seem like a trustworthy person? Does the leader of your religion need to be trustworthy? If not, maybe I am a good, a good religious leader for you. Possibly, we'll be praising the ducks every week, and it, oh my lord, it's so damn easy when they turn in a 45 to 30 beatdown of the number 9 Bruins. That is right. I felt like this was going to happen, and it happened. I didn't feel like this was going to happen. I had, I had faith in the ducks that this was going to happen. If you're not a duck fan and you're watching this, this must be really getting your blood boiling. I know I'd hate it. If uh, some zealot from a different Pac-12 team was going off and off and on and on about his team saying they're the chosen ones. But if you are a Duck fan, you know we are the chosen ones. And that is why we won this bad boy. I'll tell you, let's, let's get on to my uh, 12 quack mammoths here. Number one, spirit of game day. Your boy was at game day. And I know we've had it in the past. You know, we've had some big games. Mainly when Chip Kelly was coaching them, actually, here. But uh, this game day environment was freaking nuts. I mean, this is the first one I had fully partaken of, you know, attempted to get in front of the cameras and such. Um, I had walked by them, you know, I had kind of, like, checked it out before. But I've never actually done, done the thing, you know. And everyone online, everyone that I was talking to was, like, 2 in the morning... That's a good time to get there. If you're actually trying to get in front, you know, if you're actually trying to get in front of the cameras, if you're trying to smell Lee Corso, if you're trying to taste Kirk Street, you should get there early. So I get there at 1 in the morning. Y'all, there was 300 people there at 1 in the morning. I went by at 1 p.m. the day before, and there were two people in line from the day before. And even about 10 p.m., this is when I first realized, like, okay, I'm going to need to get there earlier than 2 even. Uh, I got there at, like, or I, I drove by at, like, 10 p.m. There was probably 100 people there. What I'm saying is this game day crew was lit. I saw people puking in togas. I saw people peeing on campus buildings in togas. I saw everything in a toga. I saw Sabrina Ionescu. And then a, a real life duck. I saw Lee Corso choose the 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 duck head, possibly for the final time, just because he may retire. I didn't. I don't know anything. Uh, yeah, no, it was all emotional. Felt good. And in that moment, I knew we were beating the Bruins. I just knew it because it looked like we had more duck fans there than Bruins have fans at home games when they're you know, an actually good team even. So I felt like we were going to win that bad boy, especially in that environment. The students weren't leaving in the fourth quarter. No one's leaving in the fourth quarter. It felt great. It was a beatdown. 
Game day was fun as hell. Which, by the way, I should say this. Because some of you are probably... Not everyone, but a few of you are probably interested. And a few of you are probably watching this as well. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. This is the best photo I got of me on game day. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, it's not... Don't expect too much, but oh, look at that. The Quack 12 sign right in the middle there. Right next, really, because I was having to fight. I, I was there for hours, and still, I, I didn't get a great spot. You're not going to see it very often. But when our, I, I forget his name, unfortunately, even though they did a great uh, piece on him. When the our motorcycle rider, the official U of O motorcycle rider, uh, took his final ride there with the duck on the back. Uh, I got a good picture right next to him, and th that was a fun moment. It was a great day. Game day was fun as hell. Highly recommend. On to the next one, especially if you're drunk uh, Greek in a toga. Number two, onward Oregon offense. Uh-huh. Because the Ducks, I mean... They, they played perfectly. I would say they basically played perfect. When the only two drives in which you are not scoring are the final two drives, and one of those is because, you know, you, you went on downs. Like, we could have scored a touchdown if we really wanted to. We were at the UCLA 17. Like, if we wanted to be that asshole, we could have been. Um, the Oregon offense uh, just came to play the potential, if UCLA was going to beat us, it felt like it was going to be a shootout no matter what. Uh, Bo Nix is just too in the pocket these last few games for it to feel like he was just going to get blanked or anything like that. Um, and this had, still had the potential to actually be a shootout, if not for an event that we'll get into in a bit. But overall, 45 to 30, 545 goddamn yards for the gosh darn, I forgot this is real, this is a Sunday here. Gosh darn yards, 545 total yards for us. 283 passing, 262 rushing, and that involves a 5.7 clip uh, running the ball, which which is good, but made even better when you consider how many of those drives, how many of those runs UCLA knew we were going to run the ball. Like, when we were in the I formation, and they were like, oh, they're clearly attempting to get rid of, like, half of an, an entire quarter right now on this drive, and we were still able to do that. We were still able to get first downs. On third and longs, we were still able just to run it up the gut. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, huge chunk yardage. And then big explosive plays through the air. I believe Bo Nix was, like, 5 of 7 for passes over 15 yards. So, yeah, explode. I mean, can't do better than this Oregon offense right now. I'm sure we could. We probably will against Colorado and California. Gift from above, and by that I mean the one, the only, Troy Franklin. A lot of people being like, Troy Franklin, is this the best Oregon receiver we've ever had? Um, I know at that position the bar is lower than at some other positions for like all-time greats for Oregon. I wouldn't say he is yet, but he has the potential. He has the potential. I mean, Dylan Mitchell had a great season. You know, you got like, uh, we don't want to have any like Keenan Howry eraser. We don't want Chris McElmore eraser. We don't want, uh, I mean, a Jeff Mayle. 
There's a, we got a bunch. Um, but potential's there. I mean, overall, what did he finish with? Uh, he got 132 yards, eight receptions, 49 long, that deep touchdown that, oh, my God, Duck Twitter is just going crazy about. And you also get that little, like, uh, in the flat, in the, t- you know, like, just perfectly placed ball. Only he was going to get it. It was either going to be a drop or a touchdown. It was a touchdown, I believe, right before the half, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, which put us up, like, 31 to goddamn, what was it, 13? Ooh, good game. Good game. Pack ifists. No, uh, these puns aren't all good. Pack ifists, what do I mean by that? Let's look at the Pac 12 standings, shall we? Because right now, the Ducks are at the top. The Ducks are at the top. Everyone else is bottom 11. We're top one because we're, cause we're Pack ifists. I don't like this pun anymore. I'm sorry I did it. We are 4 0. We're undefeated in conference play. Obviously, we have the one loss to Georgia in the non con, so we're 6 1 in total. Behind us is USC. Four and one in conference play. UCLA three and one. Obviously, we have a tiebreak over them, but the top two Pac-12 teams will face each other. Um, number fifteen, Utah, three and one. They are the team that can really put a wrench in the works for Oregon. If they beat us and we lose another one, it is possible we cannot make the Pac-12 championship game. And losing to Utah, you know, that is that is not out of the realm of possibility. Absolutely. Even in Austin. I mean, hey, we lost them twice last year, right? And then a bunch of teams that, eh. Oregon State still having a good season, obviously. 6-2, and 3-2 and two, with all their problems at quarterback and such. That's pretty damn good for them. Um, and then Washington, they're still a threat. Uh, Washington State, we beat them. Everyone else, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we got to play Cal, so we got to worry about them, but they ain't very good. I'll tell you that much. On to the next one Otson Win Streak. The Otson Win Streak, this one does not have a religious pun to it. I do that once every episode. I just kind of lose my steam, honestly. And so you just got to give me one. This is a punt. I mean, surely everyone's allowed to punt, right? We punted against UCLA. And this camera, God dang, this camera's annoying me. I'm trying to figure out to turn off the auto filter. I'll do it in the future. It's annoying. It's supposed to be a feature. It's freaking annoying. Uh, Yeah, so Odson win streak. As of right now, I believe it is at 23, which is a tie, an all-time tie for the Ducks. One more win in Odson. We are riding a, a historic win streak. I mean, we already are, but uh, we'll actually be riding history at that point. And um, I think we're going to win. We'll see what happens. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Oh, and we also have, uh, I should say this, the longest win streak behind two other teams. One of them is Clemson, who nearly lost. So damn close. Purified air. And by that I mean, holy shit, Bonix is good. And that's not a curse word because I said holy before it. Um, yes, Bo Nix, my man. I just, yes. sometimes transfers work out really, really well. And it is working out well with him because my man did 17 passing touchdowns this season, eight rushing touchdowns for a total of 25 total touchdowns. Um, like I said, he was 5 of 17 for passes past 15 yards. If he was thrown in, in completion in this game, it was typically the right thing to do. 
I mean, early on, he did have, as the commentator said, like, a near pick uh, on that little, like, bubble screen when it got blown up. But the nice thing is a lot of times we're doing those. I mean, it was for, you know, maybe you shouldn't have thrown that. Maybe you should have done something else. But doing those to set up the deep ball, you know, instead of being in a in the pistol running always on first and second to establish the run game. We're, we're doing what they give us, uh, making them believe we're going to do that again, doing something else. Who would have thought, huh? Misdirection in football? Wow, crazy. But, but, but yeah, as I said, Bo Nix, just an actual Heisman candidate here. I mean, he joins Marcus Mariota and Justin Herbert as the only quarterbacks to have two games where they're throwing more than five touchdowns. He's already done that. He may do it again. Or not thrown, I should say, scored five touchdowns. In this game, of course, this is one of them, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, 22 of 28, 283 yards. Yeah, also 51 on the ground. Bo, blessed Bo. Turn to 4530, dude don't lie to me. Is that a good joke? No, it isn't. Dude don't lie to me. What I mean is that is we got a bunch of dudes on this team on the O-line. 45 to 30 is what the score ended up being. A big reason is because of that O-line. And a big reason why Bo Nix looks so good is because of that O-line. The reason why he's able to get to those receivers is because of the O-line and their talented receivers and because Bo's God-given gifts, sure. Uh, The reason why Bucky is able to just plow through everyone is because he gets that initial good start from the O-line. So I just want to be a shout-out so grateful to this O-line. Not only that, but the reason why we could be have a big drop-off next season is because a lot of this O-line won't be here. So, honestly, thanks to Cristobal. You know, he, he wasn't... He did that right. He got the O-line cooking. And that's helping us right now. It'll help you out a lot against a lot of different teams, especially against the Pac-12, who can't, can't do nothing. Blessed Bruins made mortal. Obviously, I mean, they were the higher-rated team, number nine, undefeated. They were going through the Pac-12. Uh, they had received a bunch of good wins, survived some games to show they had resilience. They did have talent, especially on the offense, and we made them look mortal. I mean, DTR still, the loss isn't on him, I'll tell you that much. 27-39, two touchdowns, one interception. Mo, the way this team works and the way DTR works his best as most of his targets aren't going very deep. Most of his targets are like six yards, you know. And then from then on, uh, they're making something out of that. When DTR went downfield, he did not have all that good of success. Uh, I mean, there was that one big touchdown early where Flo was out of position. It was great of him to recognize that. The running back, you know, uh, took it for the score. But overall... We weren't threatened by his deep game. Um, And I think that kind of ended up being the difference here. Is that Oregon could take its deep shots. UCLA, they took their deep shots, but they didn't connect on them. Not only that, but every once in a while, Oregon's defense would get a stop. UCLA did not. Uh, Yeah. And again, there's one big play that we all know that I'm going to get into. Um, that made it it made a huge difference. 
Goliaths versus Davids. Now we all know Goliath, uh, David versus Goliath, how, how uplifting that story is. You know, the little guy taking on the big ruthless giant and winning against all odds. That's beautiful. There's been many times where Duck fans have felt that way, where we've been the Davids and we've gone against Goliaths and we've, you know, upset big teams. That being said, isn't it nice? Wouldn't you rather have a bunch of Goliaths on your team going against Davids just to make it a sure thing? Because that is kind of what it felt like on this line, for real. I guess I have two two Quackamamans praising the offensive line because we're just coming back to it. But, I mean, that's the difference. Line play. Even our defensive line, which um, hopefully uh, Takitamani is all right. Saw that he was injured in the fourth. Seemed to be in a lot of visible pain. Hopefully he's all right. Really rooting for him because he's been a huge reason why our defensive line is, is has been holding up really well. Uh, our problem's mainly been linebacker and secondary, but they're getting better and better, including Flo, uh, who, yeah, yeah, that one clear, like, circle this, this is your fault play, but he's going to get better. I think so. There's a lot of talent there anyways. Uh, I just, I'm just saying, keep up the recruiting, especially in the trenches, because that's how we're winning. Let's get to the next one. Wait, where am I at? Oh, I see. Blessed balls. Blessed balls. Now, we all got, uh, we all know Big Balls Chip, all right? Lanning was doing a lot of things that made Big Balls Chip famous, that gave him the name Big Balls Chip. Because what did he do? He went for fourth down three times. Um, fourth down three times. Two of those times in his own territory. It was in the third quarter. It was still very much a game. And he goes for both. Uh, I mean, I got it written down. He goes for both. Let's see. Fourth and one at, the, or at our 27. Fourth and one at our 38. He That drive would end up being a touchdown drive. It took off so much time. A lot of it was in that I formation. Uh, a lot of for a lot of people been begging for that formation, even though it's kind of the uh, some would think it's the antithesis of interesting football. But we're doing interesting things with it because we we're we got eight or nine different plays out of it. You know, like we're doing different things. You think we're just running up the gut, and we just may do that because we're pretty damn good at it with our big old jumbo package here. But, um, no, we're doing a bunch, as we saw, like Bo Nix getting it with his legs or rolling out uh, on fourth down, rolled out, got a touchdown. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm loving this big boy football. I'm loving these Goliaths. Follow the footsteps. I was running out of things to say. <laughs> but all I got to say is, just like those blessed Oregon teams before us, you know what I mean? Those Marcus Mariota teams, those Chip Kelly teams, even the Helfrich teams, the Bilotti teams. We just got to take care of the teams that we should have, that we should. You know, we got to beat Colorado. We got to beat Cal. Those should be, quote unquote, easy wins as long as we don't rest on our laurels. All right. As long as we protect the players around us. Do what we're told. Take the easy points. But don't sleep on our laurels either. Because like I said... I forgot to put this in the blessed balls, uh, but that onside kick, oh, man, I loved it. Lanning knew, Lanning knew that their advantage or 
their strength was on offense and that they were going to be able to score, that we weren't going to be able to shut them out, even though we were doing super well on D. I mean, relatively well on defense. Uh, you know, we probably, probably would have won without the onside kick, but it would have been a much closer game, and most likely they would have been in it on that final drive. They would have probably, you know, I, I would imagine, who's to say, if, ifs, and buts, you know, that would have changed our, changed our, uh, kind of game plan if we wouldn't have gotten that onside kick or not have even gone for the onside kick but we did we get it and that changes the complete complexion of the game because then we can go up two scores with that jordan james uh touchdown run and i don't know it was just amazing it was knowing who you're playing taking advantage of what you see on film and executing it. and and having your players be good enough to execute it uh, that was the play of the game for me, honestly. I loved it. Changed everything. Yeah. Loved it. Oh my god. <sighs> I'm just gonna, you know, just sit here, glow about that for a while. But let's be like those old, fantastic, great duck teams. Take care of the teams we need to. And then, pack Autzen. Beat Utah. Beat Washington. I mean, honestly, I'm would so much. I believe the Rose Bowl isn't part of the playoffs this season. I would so much rather go against the play of uh, in a Rose Bowl, but we all know the ultimate goal. We gotta win a Natty, so I don't care who we're facing, even if it's Georgia. Oh, I wouldn't want to. But I don't know. Let's get ahead of ourselves. Let's 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 look for the the horizon there, but let's also follow the footsteps. Take one game by one game. And as always, go Ducks, go Ducks, go Ducks. All right, y'all, we'll see y'all uh, Tuesday, I believe, um, our full lap of hip day, and Aaron will be here. Until then, like I said, go Ducks, go Ducks. <laughs>